The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. So man, today we are speaking Jesus. You know, you're just saying that song, man, I just want to speak Jesus. But it's not just speaking, it's not just, you know, saying, Q, no. When you speak Jesus, we are speaking the power of Jesus, right? We are speaking the authority of Jesus to change things. That's what we are doing when we speak Jesus. So today I'm just going to continue from when Pastor Tafara left you know, they send their regards. They're currently in the United States. Pastor Tafara and Chipo ministering. I think they're going to be ministering at uh, 8 a.m. in Arizona. Uh, and man, we thank God for that. You know, opening doors of opportunity to speak the word of God, you know, on a global scale. I mean, this is a global church, Faith Hill Church. Faith Hill Church, we do global things. And we just say, man, if you want to do global things, you hope onto the global train. You know, that's, that's how it works. That's how it works. And speaking of global, today we've got the online global church meeting, you know, which is happening at 6 p.m. South African time, you know, 4 p.m. in the U.K., 8 a.m. Uh, in L.A., uh, 11 in New York. This is for all, uh, you know, our, our, our guys who join who, uh, you know, in, in a, it happens once every month, right? Every second Sunday for the guys who, you know, they, they're not in this time zone. So if you know anyone in the diaspora, anyone who's not in Joburg or Durban, or they go to the campus, you know, please send them, uh, you know, get them to, to sign up. You know, you can send maybe the email for them. We'll send you the link. And you can share with them. Man, we get to pray with each other. They have testimonies in real time. It's on Zoom. And it's been amazing. It's been amazing. And speaking of global, we've got people who've registered, you know, for the Lovers Boot Camp, you know, from our seeing from the U.K., Northern Ireland, you know, there was even some, some, uh, some codes I didn't understand, plus 335, three, I don't know where that is, you know, but they, they're going to be attending the Lovers Boot Camp, you know, with more than 40 couples, couples, you know, who have registered so far, and it's open for everyone, you know, marriage, you can't say I'm now a professor of marriage, because it's got a way of showing you that uh, I am still in grade one, <laughs> you are still in, in kindergarten, you start acting like you're in kindergarten, when you're in marriage. So, you know, you, we, we are never done. So we keep on, you know, keep on. It's open. You know, you, you register. You know, send an email, admin at Faithful Church. You know, we'll send you a link. And, and it's going to be amazing, the Lovers Boot Camp uh, on the 28th. So that's going to be amazing. So Pastor Tafara started an awesome, awesome series, um, you know, The Born Identity. Speaking of the seven names, seven redemptive names of Jesus Christ that he spoke about in the book of John. And he was talking from Exodus, in Exodus 3, when, when, when God appeared to Moses, when it was time. Someone say, when it was time. When it was time for the redemption of the children of Israel from the slave system of Egypt, God appeared to Moses and he said, I am. Because Moses asked him, he said, okay, when I go to the children of Israel, who will I say sent me? And he said to them, say to them, I am sent me. I am. I am right now. Not the God you knew yesterday. Or not the God you think will do something for you tomorrow. 
the God of now, has sent you. Sent you. And Jesus is saying the same thing today. He's saying, I am today because the time for your deliverance is now. Your deliverance from everything that has been tormenting you, limiting you, everything you think it's a barrier. Jesus is saying, I've come now and I am now that redemption. This past Sunday, uh, we learned that you know, Jesus said, you know, I am the light. And we are not only learning these names so that we know about Jesus, but we also learn who we are in Jesus. What we actually have as well in Jesus through those names. So last week, Pastor Tafara was teaching us, he said, you know what? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Therefore, we only, our only job is to reflect that light. When we come a little higher and start, you know, thinking about him, and what he says, and not focusing on the world's situation or our limitations, we begin to reflect the power of God. 230 plus quintillion jewels. We begin to reflect. We begin to manifest. It begins to be seen on us. We don't have to generate it. We don't have to go, you know, and, and fast forever to generate power. To get a little, you know, and prayer at midnight. Because I, when it's at midnight, I'll come out there powerful. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go to some far off land. Yeah? It might even be in an accident going there. Yeah? The light is in you. And Jesus is saying, just reflect the power of God. Just reflect my power. And today we are learning about two more names. Which Jesus said he is. Uh, coming in John 10, you know, Jesus spoke about that he's the door. And he also said that he's the good shepherd. So those are the names we're going to look at today. So let's go to John 10. Most of my verses are in the New King James Version. It says in John 10, it, uh, verse 7 to 9, it says, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me, are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out and find pasture. There are some key words that we want to highlight here, right, from this scripture, if you can say them after me. The first one is the door. Someone say the door. The door. Someone say the sheep. The sheep, that's you and me. We are the sheep, right? And someone say, did not hear. So the sheep did not hear. It means that the sheep have hearing capacity. The sheep must hear. They must hear. Someone say, saved. saved. So there's some salvation involved in this, right? And finally, someone say, find pasture. The sheep have to find pasture. That's what Jesus was saying here. But my question to Jesus is, Jesus, when we are in a room, we can be in a room like here, uh, like this we are in today, and we see that we actually have three doors in this room. You know, your bedroom might you know, have access to a balcony, and the main you know, door, it's got two doors. So how come, Jesus, are you the only door? And the question here, and, and the answer here is that Jesus says, I'm the door. 
Doors speak of access. So he says, I am the door, not a door. I am the door to number one, to salvation. He says, the sheep that enters through this door, Jesus, will be saved. And the word saved there speaks of salvation, sozo, which not only means being uh, you know, saved from eternal damnation, going to hell, but it also talks about you know, being you know, in abundance, being in prosperity. You know, it also speaks of healing and wholeness. That's what the word sozo means. So not only are you saved from eternal damnation, but, you know, in your life, you need to be living, you know, the sozo kind of life. You need to be doing that. Because it says that they will do what? They will find pasture. So that's what we are talking about today. So Jesus says that he is the only door. There is no other door to be saved. Because it's God who created the door. So there's one door. There is one door. In John 10 verse 1 it says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who, Jesus say, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, by the door, but climbs up some other way, <laughs> the same is the thief and the robber. Someone who's trying to live the souls of life in some other way, or is trying to lead people into the source of life through some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. That's what Jesus is saying. In Timothy 2 verse 5, he says, For there is one God. There is one God who created the heavens and the earth. There is one God who created all of us. It's one. One God. There are not many gods. It's one God. Right? So there is no your God or my God. There is one God. There is no your truth. There is one truth, one God, right? And one mediator between God and man. One, the man Christ Jesus. That's what the word says. There is one God. And there is one mediator. There is one who can reconcile us to God, who can allow us to have access to God. The man Christ Jesus. Not my grandfather who died from cancer. He can't do much for him. Not his father. He can't do anything for him. Not Buddha. Not Muhammad. Not my man of God. No, they can't do much for me. Not my own works. They can't do much for me. It's only one man. The man Christ Jesus. No, I was in, uh, in a shop the other day, you know, just doing some, some last-minute shopping, and I was playing something on my phone uh, from church, right? And I didn't have earphones. It was a bit, you know, it was a bit loud, I, you know? I'm not bad like that. But it was just, you know, I was on the till, and this lady asked me, what are you listening to, the tailor? I was like, ah, you know, I might as well take the opportunity. I'm like, you know what, I'm listening to church. But anyway, since you asked, do you go to church? Then she's like, ah, you know what? I, you know, you wouldn't like the answer. I'm like, you know, try me. It's like, I don't go to church because every time I pray to God, it seems as if my things get worse. I actually, I pray to my ancestors. And I was just like, uh, no, you know, I, I didn't have time, you know, to be honest to this, what I just said was I didn't have time to engage in this conversation because, you know, I had to go. The only thing that I had to say to you was, like, you know what, God loves you. But thinking about it as I was driving home, I was like, you know what, I should actually have told you that 
you, you, you don't need to go through your ancestors. You can go to God directly through the one man, Jesus Christ. Through the one man, Jesus Christ. Because this is the word of God. It's through the one man, Jesus Christ. Romans 10 verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus, the Lordship of Jesus, this is not just lip service. It's not just lip service. It's confessing the Lordship of Jesus and acknowledging that Lordship and walking in that Lordship of Jesus. Right? And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That's what the word says. That's what it says. So moving along as well, John 10 verse 9, it says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Why does he want us to be saved? And he says, and he will go in and out and find pasture. So he introduces the concept of finding pasture. What is pasture? In John 10, verse 10, the next verse, he says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I have come that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly. So pasture is the abundant life. It's the abundant life. The zoe life of God. The sozo life. Right? The glory life that Pastor Tafara was talking about uh, uh, last week. The 230 plus quintillion jewels that Pastor T was talking about life, last week. Life. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That's what pasture is. Pasture is healing. It's provision. It's wholeness. It's walking in divine health. It's peace, joy. That's what pasture is. He says that you will come through me and you will find peace and joy. You will find health in me and prosperity in me. That's what he's saying. Right? And the awesome thing, as I was reading along, it's like one verse, every verse says the next thing. Right? We don't have to find the pasture by ourselves. Well, guess what? When sheep go out there, what do they need to find pasture? They need a shepherd. And in John 10 verse 11, Jesus not only says that he is a shepherd, this is what he says. He says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Man, imagine, you know, those in business, you know, those with teams at work, you're doing interviews and someone says, you know what, I am the good, whatever. Saying that I am the best in class. I am the best of the best. When it comes to this issue of shepherding and getting the sheep to find pasture, I am the best. Guess what I would do? I would sign you up. I'm like, you know, come, let's see. Three months probation. Let's see what you're about. Right? I mean, this is a bold declaration. Jesus is saying that I am the good shepherd. And man, if someone says they are good, they are the best, you know, I, I, I'm going to give them a shot. So today Jesus is saying, give me a shot to be the shepherd of your life. Give me a shot to be the shepherd of your life. And I will help you find the pasture. And not only will he help us find the pasture, 
He is the pasture. Because what does what the word of God say in John 14 verse 6? It says that he is the way, the truth, and the what? And the life. He is the pasture. So when we partake of him, man, you are already in the pasture. <laughs> man, Jesus is amazing. Not, he is amazing. He says he's the way, the truth, and the life. Man, he's the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. And what are some of the characteristics of the good shepherd when we read uh, in John 10 as well, you know, from verse 11. So, so, so from verse 11, what I read uh, to verse 16, just go verse by verse. So after he says, I'm the good shepherd, he says that the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. That's the first thing. He gives his life for the sheep. But he goes on to say, by a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, someone who's pretending to lead you in, in spirituality, a hireling, right? A false teacher, a hireling, a false god, one who does not own the sheep. He sees the wolf coming. He sees the devil coming to attack. And what does he do? He leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Why? Because he doesn't own them. The Sangoma, he doesn't own you. He doesn't. That's why when cancer comes, he can't do much for you. Muhammad, he can't do much for you. Buddha can't do much for you when cancer comes. Because he doesn't, because he doesn't own you. Even if he, he can't do anything. There's no power. There's no power there. There's zero power. There's no power. Right? But Jesus says that because I own you, because you belong to me, and if you ever feel like you don't belong, know that you belong to Jesus. Know that Jesus has ownership over you. You are not alone. Jesus has ownership over you. He says that I own you because I own the sheep. I own the sheep. I will not flee. Right? He goes on to say that the hiring flees because he doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. And I am known by my own. Man, Jesus cares about you. He cares about me and you. He cares about us. And he says he knows us individually. One by one. Sometimes the mentality is, you know what, it's a she, there are many of us. I just have to deal with what I have. Some of us grew up in large families, right? We grew up, uh, you know, going to school, there were many of us in the class. Why would you expect special treatment? Why? There are not enough resources to go. Why should you get special treatment? Just deal with your, just to carry on with your lack. Just carry on. Just wait for your sibling to grow, outgrow that shoe you get one. <laughs> and this has conditioned many of us. To say that I just have to get do, I'll just get do, you know, make do with this sickness. Hmm? God's healing power is not limited. God's living power is not, uh, you know, it doesn't encounter shortages because he has healed you. Because you have peace. 
heaven, you know, the lights don't go out. You deserve your healing because you're in Jesus. And he has paid everything. So don't be content with what you don't want. Simply because you think there are many of us. That's not true. Because he says he cares. You can't care about 100 sheep when you don't care about one sheep. It's Jesus who t told us about who is faithful with the least, who be faithful in much. So it applies also to him. He's also faithful with you. One. That's why we say he's Lord of all of us. Because he cares about us. So we do not have to, to endure simply because, you know what, I, I, I need to, you know, who am I to accept, you know, who am I to expect to be healed? Me, a little pain I pray about. A little pain. I don't want. I don't want, even if I've caused it because of the gym I go to. I don't want. The other time I had a knee issue here. My knee was in pain. And my Tuesday was leg day. I had to get, you know, my wife was here. And Pastor Jimmy, they were praying. I said, I lay hands on me. The devil was like, no, but you caused it, you know, two weeks out. Uh-uh. I don't want it. A little headache. I don't want it. Because Jesus Christ already died for it. I don't have to suffer it. A little chaos in the family. I don't want it. Jesus didn't build you to be strong. No, we are not. That's not it. Jesus already carried the cross. He already carried the cross. I don't want it. I do not want it. Anything, I don't want it. It's like, no, just, you know, you can have a headache. Uh-uh. We are not doing that. My body is a pain-free zone. It's a pain-free zone. Amen? That's what the Lord Jesus says. And he says in, in verse 15, as the Father knows me, even so I know the, the Father, I lay, my lay, my, I lay down my life for the sheep. Man, Jesus is defending us every single day from the, from the attacks of the enemy with his own life. He laid it down on the cross. His own life. Daily. You don't, you're not alone. You're not suffering. You're not exposed. You're not exposed. He lays down his life for you. Protecting you from what you know, what you have seen, what you haven't seen. He protects you daily. And he goes on to say, and the other sheep I have not, which are not of this fold, those which are not of them also I bring. They will hear my voice and, I'll be, and there will be one flock and, and one shepherd. Man, Jesus even cares for those who have not yet given his life to him. Man, Jesus is good. Man. I'm not as good as Jesus. But sometimes you see them on, on Netflix and Twitter. You're like, Jesus, just strike them and just show them something <laughs> on eggs. I'm not as good as Jesus. <laughs> strike these woke people. But Jesus is saying, man, these are my people. These are my sheep. And I need to bring them to the fold. Man, what manner of love is that? What manner of love is that? Man? Jesus is awesome. He's truly the good shepherd. He's truly the good shepherd. So what then should be our response? Right? What does the good shepherd 
require from us? What does he require from us so that we can fully partake of this pasture in his glory? What does it, he, he, he require from us for us to reflect, you know, his abundant life and his glory? He says in John 10, verse 27 to 28, he says, my sheep hear my voice. So he wants us to hear his voice. And I know them and they follow me. And they follow me. It goes on and says, and I give them eternal life. So you see, there are conditions. The, it works in a certain way. These are not works. <laughs> he says, they follow me. And I give them eternal life. When they do what? When they follow. So we've got some sheep who went through the door, but they ain't following. Then they go, then they turn around and say, ah, this shepherd is not good. How can you say a shepherd is not good which you are not following? You are not following. So how can you experience his goodness? The shepherd is good. You are not sure following the shepherd. Man, may I quit listening to stories of, of people telling me who God is based on their experience. I don't want that. I want to have my own experiences. Whenever you hear someone saying I quit Christianity, just know something. They never knew Jesus. Because if you knew Jesus, there's no way you're going to leave Jesus. They heard about Jesus, but they didn't know Jesus. Then they say, ah, oh, Jesus doesn't work. People gather on TikTok sharing, yes, yeah, yeah. They didn't know Jesus. That's the conclusion. They didn't know him. They didn't know him. Right? It says that I know them and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Man, we need, we need to hear his voice and we need to follow him. Amen. We need to follow him. Going back to John 10, going back to verse 2 and 5, 2 to 5, it says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens. God designed this system. And God opened for Jesus. God created the door, Jesus. It's God who did it. It's God. Right? It's God. That's why there can be no other door. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Jesus leads us out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. He goes before us and the sheep follow him. We follow him. Why? Because we know his voice. Right? So he leads from the front. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger. They are also strangers who want to lead you. They are strangers. Sangomas are strangers. They are strangers. Voices of the enemy, they are strangers. That's not God. Listen to the voice of God. He says, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but they will flee from him. Sometimes you need to flee. They want to force you into their ceremonies. You flee. You flee. It's not, it's not cheap. Following Jesus is not cheap. You should listen to the testimony of Pastor Bolaji in Nigeria. 
He had to leave his family. His family forsook him because he turned away from Islam. His father took him from his will, out of the will. But look at what he has inherited in God. I know some of you don't know him. Some of you do. It's not cheap. They want to force you. No, you need to come here. It's because of you. So and so died. That's not true. It's because of the devil. It's not because of you. You follow Jesus. It says, but they will flee. You need to flee with your life. It says, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So we see that he leads us out. And he goes before us and we follow him. Jesus wants to lead us in the plans that he has for us. In Jeremiah 29 verse 11, it says in the Amplified, For I know the plans and the thoughts that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Jesus has plans for us. <laughs> we need to allow him to show us his plans. Hmm? He has plans for us. He has the design in your business. That's Jesus' plan. The deception is to think that it's your plan. In your career, in your job, that's Jesus' plan. It's his plan. In your family, your ministry, it's his plan. Allow him to lead. In, allow him to lead you in what he wants to accomplish on this earth through your business, through your job, through your family. Jesus is the founder and the CEO. We don't start our little thing, then expect him to join. We don't go out and say, ah, Lord, go with me today. If you are saying go with me today, it means you are the one who's going. You are the one who's leading, and you want him to follow. That's what it means. And we all have made these prayers. It means that you, have, uh, you are the one who's, who's leading. But we'd rather wake up and say, God, what do you want to do through me today? Because I know you want to do something amazing today. In my business. Now I wake up every working day and I expect big things because I know God doesn't do small. I know Jesus doesn't do Mickey Mouse. So I expect big clients. I expect big projects in my job. I expect big promotions, big solutions in my job because Jesus doesn't do small. Because we need to, but it's only if we allow him to lead. He wants to direct each and every step that we take. In Jeremiah 10 verse 23 says, Oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. It's not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Because in Psalm 100 verse 3 says, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his what? Of his pasture, his plan, his provision. We are his people. That's what, that's what the word is saying. However, I need to submit to you that is, when we're talking about steps, there are two types of steps. There are steps that men can see. But there are also steps that we walk in our own minds that men cannot see. As uh, you know, as Jabu was saying here, as Jabu was saying about you know preaching about these people who were coming with their offerings, on the outside they looked as if they were following Jesus. They looked as if their steps were good. They were following God, man. They were giving offerings, but in their minds they were far from Jesus. 
Stealing goats. How do you do that? Stealing sheep. Huh? But from the outside, you're like, ah, oh, that brother, man, he's a great man of God. But inside, he's stealing sheep. Then one day, you're like, ah, oh, something crazy happens. He does something crazy. You're like, oh, what happened? It's because the steps he was taking in his mind were not led by God. We're not led by Jesus. Jesus wants to lead every area of our lives. The steps that we think in our minds are more powerful than what we, the steps we walk. Because they are the ones which influence the steps that we walk on the outside. He says, think my thoughts. Think my thoughts. Romans 12 verse 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove. That you may prove. You may manifest, right? What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? So that you can walk in the pasture. You can lie down in the pasture. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. The patterns of your experiences. Say, man, I know, man, hey... Three months in a job, I don't know what starts happening. I, three months, ah, things will start happening. <laughs> you are conforming to a pattern. I know, ah, this when it starts, you know, when, when eh, by the time it's May, ah, I know this sickness, ah. May. This is what happens in our family. That's a pattern of this world. That's a pattern of this world. He says, don't be conformed to that. But be renewed in your mind. Follow Jesus. Your question should be, you know, but what does Jesus say about this situation? Yes, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I see what you're saying, but what does Jesus say about it? What does Jesus think about this sickness? What is Jesus thinking about this commotion in the family? What does Jesus think about it? Right? What is Jesus saying? Every time we go out, every, every situation, man, I mean, the devil doesn't even allow you to go out. When you wake up, he's already there. You're panicking when you wake up. You need to tell you how to calm down. And tell it, Jesus says everything is all right. You need to, when you wake up, just say, hey, keep quiet. Everything is well. Everything is well with me. I mean, that guy doesn't even wait. You just wake up. I remember, remember, remember. Eh? Remember. Doesn't give you even a second. Already you're thinking, I don't know the devil. But you tell him that Jesus says all is well. Amen. Jesus says all is well. Amen. So it's about what, 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 what does Jesus say? What's the images the devil will show you? Man, those images, they can derail you. When the devil shows you the economy. Man, you want to celebrate, but all of a sudden, ah, electricity is gone. You're like, man. It, I mean, it would be in real time. But instead of you saying, ah, this country. Just say Jesus is in control. Just say, Jesus, what do we do in this situation? What do you want me to do in this situation? Hmm? Say, Jesus, you're good. Right? 
Instead of just casing where you're supposed to be. Maybe you're not, maybe, but I mean, you are here. You might as well enjoy it. Might as well enjoy it. And, ah, this boss ah, is going crazy again. They say, ah, Jesus. Jesus is good. Right? What does Jesus say about the situation? What does he say about this sickness? You go, yes, the child's temperature is high. It's real, it's there, the thermometer. You can't say the thermometer. It's there. You can see it. You'd rather say what Jesus is saying. Because Jesus has a promise for you. In Deuteronomy 28 verse 4, he says, you know, the fruit of your womb will be blessed. Why? Because you follow him. So your child can't be sick. Because you follow Jesus. That's what he says about the situation. That's what he thinks about the situation. And he says, and the crops of your land and the young of your stock, the work that you're doing, what you're trying to build, it's blessed. That's what Jesus is saying. It's not cursed. It's not limited. Right? Your career is not limited. And he says, the cows of your heads and the lamb of your, your flock. This is what Jesus says. And that's the what we should think. He wants to lead us in our thinking. So when we sing, I just want to speak the name of Jesus. You are speaking a name. You are speaking authority over every heart and every mind. Over my thinking, I want to speak the authority of Jesus. Right? We say, be lifted high, Jesus. Be lifted high in our hearts and in our minds. What am I saying? I'm saying, you know, in my, in my love, you are high. You are the priority in my thinking. I'm thinking your thoughts, not the thoughts of the enemy. That's why we sing those songs. They are not just tunes and, and whatever. It's real power. It's, the, it's, it's eternal realities. It's heavenly realities. Man, Jesus is good, man. Jesus is good. And man, as we wrap it up, you know, the, we, we, you know we, we, the psalm, you know, the King David wrote this amazing psalm, Psalm 23, verse 1 to 6. You know, he wrote it and he says, you know what, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Because I follow him, I will not lack. I will not lack. And he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. In green, in the best of the best. Huh? <laughs> He makes me like, he leads me besides the still waters. Not stag still waters, not rough waters. Man, Jesus leads you into business deals. You don't have to worry about the SIU coming. Or SARS. Because Jesus has led me besides the still waters. He says he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He leads you in paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Not your own sake. For his name's sake. It's his name which is on the line. Not You don't have to defend Jesus. We don't have to defend Jesus. But when you see a child who's sick, the devil says, Ah, <laughs> you want to lay hands on him. How about if it doesn't get well? Dude, you're going to embarrass yourself. Yes, yourself, not Jesus. Why should I care 
But whether Jesus is embarrassed or not, Jesus can fight his own battles. We don't have to defend Jesus. What the devil is saying, hey, you sit down so me I can lead this thing. That's what he's saying. Why do you want to lay hands? You sit down so I can lead. But the devil is really here to tell you that you are not leading anything. Jesus is the leader and he says lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He's the one who's leading. Right? And it's, his reputation is the one on the line. I don't have to worry about it. And he says, Ye though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Sometimes, man, there are challenges, there are threats and all these things. And sometimes it's pretty say we put ourselves in the valley. <laughs> you can't put yourself in the valley and say, ah, even if I walk, ah, he's not the one who has led you in the valley. But through his goodness, he will take you out of the valley of the shadow of death. Man, Jesus is the best GPS system. He can reroute whatever situation that you feel that, man, ah, man, I made a mistake, man. Jesus can reroute that. But you need to allow him to follow. To you, you, to, you need to allow him to lead. I mean, you can't trust that thing in your car more than you trust Jesus. You can't say when he says, I'll now take, take 12 kilometers to another offering. You can't say, I know me, I'll take another street. You can't do that. You allow Jesus to lead. You allow him. I mean, it doesn't matter what you have done. I mean, you might quit me. I know people, <laughs> actually people, they call us. We do labor law. Ah, you know what? These people even headhunted me and took me out of my job, which I was there for 12 years. <laughs> now they want to get rid of me after two months yes you made a mistake but you can't stay there Jesus is saying I can reroute this thing and make it better than ever before hmm? we get some, some, some young guys uh, Pastor Q will come and say that ah, no you guys were right after one, one year of marriage how ah, you were right that lady is crazy eh I shouldn't have married it. And we would just say, sir, look at Jesus. Follow Jesus and you'll be all right. Jesus can bring joy in your marriage. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Jesus can bring joy. It doesn't condemn you being through it. It's fine. Jesus can reroute this thing. He can make it good. But you have to trust in his goodness. We need to trust in his goodness. And he says that even I fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and the staff, they are to, they are to protect you against predators. Because he goes before you and he sees that, okay, this is a good place. He protects you. That staff, it's got a hook used to bring you back. It's not to hit you. How can he hit you when he's in front? You get hit from the back. The enemy. So don't think God is, you know, Jesus hits this. Uh -uh. It's for you. And it's also to remind you of his goodness. Amen. The staff, back in the day, the shepherd, whenever God does something, you know, they, they'll, they'll mark a point in the staff there and, remi and remind themselves. Sometimes you just have to remind yourself of where God put you, through, you know, took you through, where Jesus led, led you, what Jesus led you out of. 
always remember his goodness. Right? And he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In, in what you feel is a disadvantage, Jesus will prepare a table for you in the midst of those disadvantages. If you think your background is a disadvantage, Jesus is preparing a table for you in the midst of that disadvantage. Your nationality, whatever your race and gender, whatever it is, Jesus is preparing a table for you in the midst of that. Right? Because Jesus, I mean, I mean, these enemies, they are not, it's not, it's not your auntie. That is low level. Those are not your enemies. It's not your boss. But Jesus is saying, in whatever you feel is your disadvantage, you, you will prepare your table in the midst of it. Right? He says, you anoint my head with oil. You give me strategies and my cup runs over. Man, you are running over. Say, I'm running over with God's goodness. Man, it's, the, the oil of God is running on you, man. You are attractive. You are attractive. And it says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. All the days. Every day, every second. And it says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.